0: This is the Tailored Transformations podcast, where you will hear relatable transformation stories from our personal clients that will inspire you to create change in your own life. My name is Cody McBroom, and I am the founder and CEO of Tailored Coaching Method, a world renowned online fitness and nutrition coaching company. And I am proud to introduce the host of our transformation podcast, Ariel DeAmper.
1: Hi guys and welcome to the Taylor Transformation Podcast. I am so excited for our first interview. And it only made sense to have the one and only Cody McBroom here. So I'm so excited to chat. Cody, how are you doing today?
0: Good. I'm excited for this. This is uh it's cool being on this side of it and hearing the hearing the intro and, and all that stuff, which um yeah, this is uh I'm I'm very, very excited. I've already, as we're recording this, I've already teased it on. The podcast i was talking about yesterday I was but i didn't tell him what it was i was like we got something coming up that is very exciting and i am so pumped for this so happy to be here
1: yeah i'm so excited to chat with you today to just kind of get an insight more on you tcm coaching what you do and give people a little bit of an insight on what coaching with tailored coaching method looks like so first starting off what why coaching why fitness and nutrition coaching, how did you end up here?
0: Yeah, I think that uh like most people, it started with a personal transformation, right? And I think that um for me it was I just I was always uh less athletic. I was always overweight and I was never like obese, but I was definitely the the black sheep in my family. Like my my parents are it's actually my wife jokes around and says I'm adopted because like I'm, I'm also, I'm not tall, but I'm taller than everybody in my family, my immediate family. And I was always heavier. Like my brother, like actually ate the same as me. In fact, he didn't eat any fruits and vegetables. He was like the chicken nugget kid, didn't eat anything healthy and stuff, but he always had abs. My, my parents were both like lean, active, like didn't never dieted, never strength trained. Nobody lifted weights, but for some reason I was just the chunky kid. And I was always a chunky kid. And like, looking back, I, I didn't have the best eating habits, of course. And I didn't like exercise uh, regularly enough, but I, I still was, I didn't play video games. Like I was outside playing with friends. I, I did soccer. I like skateboarded, like I did stuff, you know, but always have your, always uh, just insecure about my weight in, and, and that kind of creeps up as you, as you get older. But I even remember even like back in, I think it first started clicking with me in like fourth grade. Cause that was the first year, uh, at least from, where i'm from in here in washington where we had to do like uh it wasn't the mile but it was like a run test in pe and then we had to do like a chin-up test which is crazy because i'm thinking of fourth graders and i'm like i don't think that many fourth graders can really do many chin-ups but maybe i'm wrong i don't know blakeley's only five so we'll see and i couldn't do any and i was embarrassed because i remember some of my friends could and i remember that being the first point of like kind of seeing or like feeling a little different or insecure for being heavier overweight and then as you get older, obviously, that just manifests because now I'm, I'm interested in girls and I want to get their attention. And now we run the mile every single week in PE and now people are playing sports and I'm interested in my fashion, and how I look. And so it just kind of manifested until um, actually after high school when I was at my heavier point, which I was, I believe, around 205 to 10 pounds, um, which isn't a huge, huge weight, but I'm 5'9". Maybe 5'10, definitely 5'10 with some air forces on, but like I'm 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 not very tall and uh I had zero muscle. Like I hadn't lifted a weight in my life at that point. So it was pure fat. And I remember graduating and going to school for business and not loving it and just wanting to do something with my body because I was just so tired of feeling that way and looking that way. And I started trying to work out, doing all the wrong things like most people, trying all the wrong fad diets like most people. Um, And eventually I sought out some help um, and it was actually more so through like internet forums, like teenation forum, bodybuilding.com forums. And I would just ask questions and people, moderators on there would respond. And that was like my first uh, coaching interaction was like random people on the internet giving me feedback and advice. And eventually that led to me wanting to do the same. Like I looked up to those people for them helping me and me being in need of help and then being helped by somebody that I looked up to and respected was like a really cool feeling because I didn't have mentors. I didn't have a close relationship with uh, my father when I was really young because he just he worked a lot. We're very close now. But um, yeah, it just that I think that was like the first thing. And so for me, when I like right when I started losing weight, I immediately started trying to help other people like probably before I should have. But like, I was already helping my friends lift weights and already like helping friends with dieting advice and everything like the moment I lost an ounce of fat, you know, and as I lost weight to help more people and then I started posting on Facebook and writing a blog like I mean years ago, I'm talking 2011, 2012 like writing yeah. fitness content, you know. And so I don't know, I just always uh my name in Gaelic, I'm Irish, my name in Gaelic means the helper. And so like I feel like there's literally some like genetic code in me that has just always wanted to help people and be that person that people can lean on for advice and stuff. So, um, I don't know. I just, as soon as I started soaking it in, I was like, I want to push this back,
1: give it back out 100%. And I think it's really easy for people to see you now. I know when I found you, I was like, Oh yeah, this is like cool athletic looking guy who like has abs and is in shape. And so it's always interesting to hear the story behind and what led up to that how important do you think that is for coaches like because i think sympathy is one thing and empathy is another so yeah how important of a role do you think that plays when like whether someone's looking for a coach hiring a coach or whatever it may be?
0: yeah you know what like we're humans and perception matters so like I, I don't care what anybody says if you're if you're a coach and this sounds like very aggressive but if you're a coach and you're not fit or you're a nutritionist and you're not well versed in dieting or have dieted before or eat healthy like i i kind of feel like you're full of shit. Like it's, I mean, we're human, you know, like I'm not going to hire an accountant that looks like a bum and doesn't know, have a good savings account or investment plan. You know, it's just, you need experience. And I think that, like you said, there's a difference between sympathy and empathy. Now I do think that there's, so like, I I know great coaches who were, and this is where I think, uh, having a really good self-awareness and understanding around, um, emotional intelligence comes into play because I know individuals who grew up the skinny kid, but they're amazing fat loss coaches. So they've never experienced fat loss, but they understand the pain of insecurity. They understand the pain of feeling different. They feel, they feel, um, the same feeling, but the feeling is, is brought upon them from some different experience or action. So if you can understand the feeling behind what's happening, I think you can translate that better and have empathy. But if you've, just always been a genetic freak who has never had an issue who looks great as silver spoon fed money and possibilities and opportunities and everything there's no struggle there's no adversity you're gonna have a tough time as a coach you know I, I do think it plays a big role um, and I'm grateful for being overweight because I can look at it now and go man I, I learned so much and I'm able to relate to people so much more and I can like literally sit back and go I think like God's purpose for me was that right was to go through that so that I can help people now get through that themselves, because it just it, it translates so much.
1: Yeah, one hundred percent. What's a what's a struggle that you find a lot of your clients need to navigate, and like how do you help them navigate
0: through that? Oh my god, this is a loaded question. Um, <laughs> the the I think the the two or three things that come to mind the most, and then we can kind of break those apart. You know, is one is is a very it's not as deep but it's more so just navigating like life you know and I think and what I mean by that is like like I had a guy one of my clients just in his check-in this week was like people love that Disneyland podcast I did because <laughs> uh it was about that and he was like listening to that helped me a lot because he's a really big camper he lives out here in Washington and in like as soon as the sun starts coming up people are camping in the mountains in the woods all the time it's a very common thing and when you go camping you go hot dogs marshmallows and drink beer like that's just a camping thing right and so he was like hearing you talk about how you navigate travel and how you still have alcohol when you vac- go on vacation and how you moderate that by doing less of this here or doing more activity here and like those kind of things helps me so I think sometimes it's the simple stuff like that it's like okay it we had a, an appointment for Blakely. Um, it was like a, a kidney follow-up thing. She's had her kidney complications, you know. And it's the, the doctor's an hour, hour and a half drive away for this kidney specialist. And there's three appointments. And they spread them out an hour each. Even though each appointment takes fucking 10 minutes. It's ridiculous because it's, anyway, but like, so we're, it's, a, it's an all-day thing. But sometimes they can get you in early. So you go and you're like, okay, I might be able to get out of here by 1 or I might be here till 5 p.m. And what's available for food? I got to eat at the hospital or there's a close Safeway right there. Like th- going through those things of like, what do I do to stay on point with my journey while I navigate through this thing that my daughter has to go through or through this camping trip or through this vacation to Disneyland or through a day where my meal prep goes bad because uh, the fridge died or whatever it may be. And then telling the clients my way of navigating through those things so that they can see how I do it and then they can apply it themselves. Right. And I think that's it's so multifaceted because it's just normal struggles. But the problem is, is that when you go through a normal struggle like that and you're irritated and frustrated, that's when willpower sinks and you're like, ah, fuck it, let's just, uh, it's screwed. And I'm like, well, let me show you how to have like a course correct and like a back, you know, plan B. Um, And so that kind of leads me to point number two, which is is more of the mindset side behind of what I think a lot of people struggle with, which is like not relying on motivation as much and, and understanding that, you know, we're all about flexible dieting. We're all about um, making this as stress free and as easy as possible. However, you're gonna need discipline. You're gonna need willpower. You're gonna need some grit. Like, the stuff's not gonna always be easy. There's gonna be difficult moments. There's gonna be times where you just don't wanna do it. And if we can prepare them for that and then show them how to do that and, and show them the pros of it, you know, without being like hardcore aggressive and, and saying you're a wimp, like, man up and, you know, do what you gotta do. I think that helps a lot and showing people like, hey, like being very transparent about it. You know, this is not going to be easy all the time. Willpower and discipline are important. Here's how to make sure that you don't have a long day. You're tired, frustrated, upset. Get home. Your willpower is at all time low and you have no food prep for you. You're going to make a bad decision because inhibition is low. So let's have a backup plan of what you can eat in those scenarios. What can we remove for your environment to save that willpower or not have to lean on it so much when you get home, you know, because when we're stressed in any capacity, willpower is going to be harder to implement and use. Right. So kind of navigating some of those things with them so that they understand, um, how to get through life doing this stuff and how to manage it properly. And, and some of it sounds kind of ridiculous, but like I I told, uh, that same guy, I said, Hey, this is going to sound insane when I say this, but there's moments like when I was on my trip where I did want, XYZ because I was kind of hungry and like that was there but I could stop myself and go do I like will I really enjoy that like is that something I like always like we all have that food you know where you rarely ever eat it but it's your absolute favorite thing and so like for me it's my grandma's pie if if my grandma's making pie I'm eating it like I'm trying some like I, I might not go hard at it but I'm gonna eat some but it's very rare that I see that so if I'm in a moment I'm like is this like grandma's pie level and if it's not then i know i don't like absolutely need it or love it and then i also and this is the part that sounds insane i'm like am i dying like am i am i really like starving cuz i'm pretty sure my body can go days without food technically like i'll i'll live so do i really want to eat this right now or i just haven't eaten in a few hours and i'm kind of hungry and i'll chug some water and just it's like a ba- it's like a game i play in my head and i'm like i'm going to win this little mini battle against the food cuz if i do that i remind myself that i'm in control of my body and my responses and then I can eat later, you know, and and the perfect example was when I did that in Disneyland, and then an hour later, we see this random stand that's selling these huge turkey legs, and I'm like, it's just a smoked turkey leg with no extra sauce on it or anything, it's just a huge chunk of protein, which is hard to find at Disneyland, and I'm like, this is perfect, I'm going in, but I wouldn't have been hungry if I smashed the deep fried thing that I almost caved in on, but I won that battle, so again, that sounds kind of crazy, because I'm talking about survival of my body, but I think that showing people that, Hey, like you can have these conversations with your head if you just slow down. And when you have those conversations, you become more aware, you become more disciplined, you become more capable of conquering these mini battles. And every time you do that, you increase self-belief and you eliminate self-doubt and now you'll move forward better. So, um, I know that's a long winded answer, but I think the struggles really, it's like the struggles are the, the everyday stuff all of us go through and then showing them and telling them stories about, myself getting through them and my clients, other clients getting through them because now it's real. It's not just science. There's science behind it, but it's a real application of of how they can do it too.
1: Yeah. That real life application is seriously invaluable. Like I always tell my girls, I'm like, guys, I am a mom to a toddler and a wife and work full time. I would not do this if it was miserable. Mm-hmm. Right. And so how do we navigate being in a wedding and traveling and, all of the ins and outs. And I love when we can give those very real tangible experiences and situations. And I can, you know, we can firsthand help our clients because it's like, oh yeah, here are some options. Here are some things we can do. And I always find like, okay, when it comes to like, hey, I'm traveling, we know the decisions to make most of the time. Like, you know, if you're going downstairs to uh, the breakfast getting a hard boiled egg and an apple is going to be a better option than the pastries and the donuts. Mm -hmm. But the ability to follow through and pick that, right? I always say that when I travel, my travel hacks are self-trust and a really good relationship with hunger.
0: Mm
1: -hmm. I'm okay being hungry. And to your point, I know you're like, oh, it's survival, but it's really important that people give themselves an opportunity to experience a little bit of hunger. Yeah, Because then you get evidence that it's like, oh, it's just a, biological signal like our bodies are adaptation machines mm-hmm. right we yeah. go on the freezing cold and we shiver and we go out in the sun and our skin gets darker and we get a cut and it scabs and we sit with hunger our body it will adapt and like you said experience grows belief belief grows self-control and you realize that trusting yourself and having that relationship with I always like to say, let's build a really quality relationship with the past, present and future version of yourself.
0: Yeah. You when hit, we can do that. You hit so many good points there too. Cause I think that, I mean, number one, you said, um, like we know what to do. So like when, when people are like, well, how do you prepare? Like, what do you bring? And I'm like, I don't really bring anything. Like you don't bring anything. I'm like, yeah, well I used to Same. bring protein powder, but then I got stopped by TSA and it was like this big deal. So I just don't anymore. Maybe some protein bars in my backpack, but that's like maybe for the flight. And so they're like, well, what do you do? I'm like, I Instacart it because 90% of hotels, like I'm not staying in some grand suite. 90% of hotels just have fridges now. That's just how it is. So it's like, and if you're an Airbnb, it definitely does, but literally just Instacart. So we just literally got there and people listening, we Instacarted wine too, because I looked at the wine, wine list for the room service and it was like, it was so funny because there was this wine, it's called like Rodney Strong and it's not horrible, but it's just like a $20 bottle of wine, maybe at the store. And... I looked at it and was like, oh, it's 45 bucks. I don't feel like that's too crazy for being in Disneyland and it's room service. They figured it'd be more. And Shannon was like, look at the size. And it was like the 350 milliliter, like little tiny one. Yeah. And I was just like, oh my God. So it was like a hundred dollars for a normal bottle of wine. That's like 15, 20 bucks. And so I just Instacarted. I Instacarted some oats, uh, some oats stuff for, I've got hummus and pretzels for Blakely because she loves hummus. I got blueberries. I got Greek yogurt to put in the fridge. I bought... 15-bottle wine for the room for me and Shannon. I bought some, like, bananas, some fruit, jerky. Like, simple stuff. But I just yeah. it. People were, like, amazed by it. And they dropped it off in the lobby. I save a ton of money because I don't have to buy this shit there. And then I wake up in the morning, and I have my green drink because I bring my first-form pack of greens, and then I have that. And it's like my morning starts out so much better off when I'm traveling. Um, and then the other thing I, I want to say, too, is that you would know more about this kind of stuff, and I think this is definitely a good – episode uh, topic episode because I know you've done stuff on dopamine and serotonin and all the different neurotransmitters and stuff that's going on in your brain but Mm -hmm. I also find that I think people need to uh, like be aware and appreciate the work they do and try to actually associate a work task of some sort with every reward because if you constantly we learned this a lot with Blakely it's like if we just give her things even if we don't like it's actually I have to clean twice if I have her clean something first, you know, cause it doesn't, it's not done right. But if I have her clean or like try to clean, it's, it's her working for whatever we're going to give her, whether it's a cookie after dinner or it's, I'm taking her to the store to get a toy, anything. It's like, we got to do something before the reward. Because if you're constantly, and this is today's world, if you're constantly just getting things easily. You're, you're not going to have a, a, a healthy dopamine level. And it's going to be very difficult to have like a, a balance of that reward system in your brain and I find that people, if you go in those situations where you're recognizing hunger and you can go, God, I'm fucking hungry. Or you can say, Oh, my hunger's kind of kicking up. Well, my metabolism's definitely working. Like, let's look at a positive here. I'm going to hold out for another couple hours, get more steps, and drink some water because I know there's going to be a better option soon. And if there's still not a good option for food, I'm just going to eat whatever the best option in front of me is. Nine times out of ten, you'll find a better option by then. But even if not, you'll have more self-control by the time you get to it because you won that little battle. And now there's a better relationship in your brain of how this all works. So I think that there's a big psychological game to be played with dieting and with day-to-day hustle of any goal you're chasing, you know, anything at all. Um, I think it's really, really important for people to understand that kind of stuff.
1: Yeah, yeah, no, 100%. And I think, of course, like – we we come against these situations and we all deserve to you know have you know t- to eat and be able to do that right but it's it's understanding the nuance of like i like to frame it like this where it's like i'm worth the work mm. right and what i deserve is far more than a treat and i think a lot of people use this notion of like oh balance I just want to be balanced. And I say, you know what's better than balance? Fulfillment. Mm-hmm. And so when we're looking at it through the lens of fulfillment, right? And that, And that like high quality life that we all want to have, it's looking at each moment. And you were talking about this a bit earlier, but it's much different when it's Tuesday night, I had a long, stressful day and I reach into the cabinet and I want to grab a cookie, right? And that is very much so just like coping with food. Most people don't feel great when they do that They Maybe it's hunger. Maybe it's not. It's like, this will just fix it. This will just make me feel better, right? That's a lot different than having a cookie with my daughter on Sunday because I taught her like, we're, she's, she's all about making things right now. It's yeah. like a whole thing. Every Sunday is a waffle Sunday. And those moments and memories, it's like, is the food that I'm having enhancing the quality of my life, the experience and the fulfillment that I'm feeling? Or am I using it to escape a negative emotion, just cope, get a pleasure hit, those kind of things. And so intention is everything. Intention is everything with our choices. And if we can get grounded and whenever I'm dieting um, or in a fat loss phase, I like to reframe and say that I'm in a season of gratitude. I wanna appreciate all that I have and know that it's enough and it's and it's so simple. It's like, I just, and that, that it's easier for me to diet because that's the kind of person I wanna be. Mm-hmm. I value a grateful heart um, being content, um, not always needing and like seeking instant gratification or pleasure. Like I'm at peace, I'm yeah. fulfilled. Like I have that lack of desire. And I think that going through dieting phases throughout the year, this is also something that increases adherence. And, you know, with our tailored transformation, not only the podcast, but the little transformation that we're doing amongst the coaches and our TCM family is like, you know what, we have this, you know, time goal we are doing this together. We're in it. It's not a forever thing. Mm -hmm. Like for the transformation, I decided I wasn't going to include a lot of highly palatable food. We flexible diet and I totally can have it, but that is autonomy. And that is choice on me out of a place of love and compassion. Like I want to make this easy on myself. It's really over easy. It's really easy to overdo chocolate. Um, I'm just going to make it simple. It's not a forever thing, but it's a season of gratitude where I'm leaning into that simplicity. And so, yeah, I definitely like all of that psychological component where we're talking about like you know giving the those are your travel hacks boys and girls yeah those are your travel hacks
0: I think a lot of it I mean to me uh being in total control of yourself is just such an empowering feeling so even if like sometimes there's power in me saying no to something even if I can have it Mm -hmm. you know like just this feeling of like you know I don't really want it and it's it it feels good to say actually no because like good yeah. like I don't need yeah. it, and and it feels it feels good to not. And this this goes for like even like if you're in a season of saving money and you intentionally say I'm not going to make any bullshit purchases for a while, you begin to feel really good about saying no. You're like yeah, I don't yeah. need that, and you feel like empowered. I don't know. It's the same thing. Like my wife makes fun of me. I love going to the dump because like I just throw shit in the garbage and throw it away, and I feel so good. And It's to me, it's like this control thing of like I'm cleaning my life. I'm, I'm I have space. It's minimalistic. Like it's the same exact concept and. If you know how to do this, uh, you can more often insert those moments that are actually meaningful. So like you mentioned, you know, if you're, you and your daughter want a cookie, same thing with me and Blakely getting ice cream on Saturdays. Like most Saturdays I take her to, and she actually, there's no ice cream place around us. So it works out great because it's frozen yogurt, but to her, it's like, it's the frozen yogurt. And then she puts gummy bears and gummy worms and chocolate sprinkles and rainbow sprinkles and like marshmallows. And it's like, it looks disgusting. Cause there's just everything, <laughs> And I'll usually get like whatever, but it's, it's, you know, it's a high sugar meal. It's not like my, it's not the easiest food to fit into a typical diet, but it absolutely can fit into a flexible diet. And it's the moment of sitting there, just me and her, cause it's always just us too. It's like our thing and watching her eat it with me. Like she looks forward to that. It's a moment for us. It's fun. It's exciting. Like, it's just, I'm like, you go put all the toppings on there and she gets to do her thing. It's just, it's fun. But knowing that I can do that makes flexible dieting very very sustainable right but yeah. in the week when i'm i see the wine on the countertop or i'm obsessed with these like crisp these pretzel crisps like i could eat a whole bag of them and i see those i get empowered every time i say no to it You know, it feels good. And when you kind of like recognize that and you kind of, for lack of better terms, give yourself a pat on the butt or pat on the shoulder every time you say no, like you're like, yep, I won that. I won that. I won that. And it just reinforces your ability to have control over yourself, your decisions, your life, your food, your hunger, your diet, everything. There is something very powerful about that self-control. And I think people should recognize that.
1: For sure. And we get a dopamine, uh, uh, you know, smaller, but we get a dopamine hit whenever we check. This is why people love making lists Mm -hmm. and like they'll write down stuff they already did just to cross it off because we do get a dopamine. I do that. that. We definitely do that. And so we get like a little bit of a dopamine hit from that. And what you're explaining is this is one of my favorite mantras that I'll always say is like I can want it and not have it. And that's such an empowering one because when it comes to cravings and urges, Hey, guess what? We all get them. There is no fitness person. You see that they're like, Oh, they just don't get it. No, we all, we all, if you're human. And if someone ever came to me and they're like, I really never get urges or anything. I, I would be like, Oh, let's, let's do a brain scan. That's odd. That's abnormal. But when it comes to these cravings and urges, what like Cody is sharing and what we're saying is there's different ways we can go about it, right? There's choice a, which probably isn't a place that you love being where you just always say yes right? Because we're in debt, we're overweight, we're just instant gratification. And then there's a place where people feel like they just need to white knuckle it. And like, mm-hmm. they'll fight it. And they'll have this conversation. And this is why dieting burns, p- burns people out and gets you so exhausted, because you really want it. And you're like, No, I decide I'm going to commit to this diet. And you're back, oh, but it would be so good. Oh, but I want to be balanced. I want to enjoy life a little bit. No, but I need to stick to it. The scale's going to be and then, bro, that's exhausting. Mm-hmm. No one has that mental energy. The last option, the one that we're saying, try this one out is just allow the urge to be there yep. yeah i want a cookie i can want it and not have it i'm not going to fight with it i'm not negotiating with my brain i'm not spending the mental energy on it i'm just letting it and we're moving on and i say it to gabby all the time you know my two and a half year old who's like it's mine I and i was like you can want it and not have it that's fine mm-hmm. And the temper tantrum comes. They're lessening over time, but I think yeah. that's a great thing to remember. Yeah,
0: yeah. I I, th- I think it's so true. I think that um, I don't know. I I also just think that a lot of this doing this, like it, it's it's practice. So for people listening to, there's a lot of times where I'll have clients who are going on a trip or they have a day with family, whatever it may be, and they're like they oh they overthink how to handle it. And I intentionally leave it very loose boundaries and I give them advice on all these things we're talking about. But a lot of times I said, this is why I don't like dead set timelines for fat loss or goals too, because it's like, Hey, unless like, you know, in your case, you have a show that's a deadline too bad. We're, we're doing it. But in a client scenario too, like I would rather us go into a situation. I'm like, Hey, these are all the strategies I want you to employ. These are all the things I want you to do. Like a lot of times tracking's not involved. We track macros. We do a lot of that because it's the most, I mean, I use the analogy all the time. If you're driving somewhere and you, I mean, you can head in the right direction or you can just use your GPS and get there much faster. Let's just use the GPS. Cause if there's a roadblock, you see it, you can correct, you can move. It's, it's smarter. But in some of those situations, trying to use that GPS will make it more complicated and overwhelming. Like when I'm in Disneyland, I don't know what is there. I don't know what food stands there on my fitness pal. So instead I'm going to be intuitive about it. And the first few times you be quote unquote intuitive and you're trying to navigate, and it's it's not intuitive technically, it's intentional because you're still thinking about it, but it's habitual. You might not have all those habits locked in and you're going to fail and you're going to overeat and you're going to gain a couple pounds. And you come back and you talk to your coach and you're like, I fucked up. And you're like, no, you didn't. You just practiced. But Mm -hmm. unless you fuck up or fail, you don't learn how to do it better next time. So what went wrong? Where did you have higher stress? Did you, where did you not plan ahead? Where did you not look forward to what was coming up? Where did you give into the urge versus trying to step back and, and kind of assess what that urge was? And when we do those things, next time they go on a trip or, or have an event, they handle a little bit better, a little bit better, a little bit better. And then eventually it's just clockwork. And then the people listen to this podcast, you become how me and Ariel are. We've been doing this for a long time and we can navigate those like the back of our hand, but it's because yeah. we were in your shoes before. And over time we had to get through that. Right. So, um, yeah, I think it's, I think it's a process, but my point with just bringing that up real quick was just that, uh, it, it takes a lot of practice and it's okay mm-hmm. to practice and fail at first.
1: Yeah, for sure. I think, um, two things, one, I am actually an intuitive eating counselor as well as a mindful nutritionist. I have my certification in both and I would love, I think, Cody, we need to do another podcast where we could just dive into the, some of the nuances, some of the ways that it's marketed, what's true, what's not true and how people use it. But I do want to touch on the fact of like misconceptions when it comes to um, online coaching or specifically us, right? Can I, cause I can only speak to TCM and and our brand is that like, we're not expecting you to be perfect. Yeah. Like, don't like, I've never had someone come in and like, okay, Hey, here's some protocols here. We're going to do. Wow. Are y'all, I nailed everything perfectly. It was seamless. No, like it's practice. And on those weeks and days when you're struggling, like that's, that's what we're here for. And that's what we're here to help you learn and how to get to this place where, you know, I was, I was in the middle of my prep. I was five weeks out. And my mom was like, let's do a family vacation to Florida. And you know what? I went. (laughs) And then my, one of my best friends got married and she's like, will you be in my wedding? And will Gabby be my flower girl? And I don't know having yourself in a wedding and a toddler (laughs) thing. And that all happened while I was dieting and I was able to, and I didn't bring my own food. I didn't bring food scale. I wasn't neurotic about it. Like I lived life. I'm a mom first and a wife and you know, my clients come before that and having these tools are a practice. And so If you have any belief that's like, I'm not ready to sign up for coaching yet, or that's a sign that it's for you. If you're saying to yourself, I don't think I'm ready yet, it's game time, friends.
0: Well, I think that like, uh, people underestimate their instinctual thoughts so much. And this is why like most successful people are very big, like trust your gut kind of people. And the reason is because they get a feeling or an instinct or like a calling, or they feel a voice saying something to them and they just go in on it. They don't overanalyze. They don't over-research. They- kind of dive in and then do the research as they go. Now, that's not me saying, like, you shouldn't do research first. I think you should. And it helps us, as as, co- as a coaching company, it helps us when people do research because we have so much content, so much information, so much positive reviews and testimonials and everything. So do all the research you want. But my point is, is that anybody who's, like, this is a bold statement, but I think anybody who is listening right now and is going to continue listening to this podcast is a good fit or they're already with us and they want to hear other people going through their transformation. And the reason I'm so confident about that is because, you know, it's the same thing with like when I get on a, a call with somebody who's coming onto the team and I'm, I'm trying to like decipher who I think would be the best coach for them and stuff. And they're like, well, how do you how do you uh, how do you determine that? Like, how do you determine I'm a good fit for your team and like who I'll be a good fit with on your team? And my first response is like, honestly, if you're on the call with me, I think you're the right fit for us. And I think you would do well with anybody on my staff. Like, I literally think you would be fine with anybody. There's obviously always personality types that we can try to, you know, in specific niche goals that we can kind of shift people to the right people. But when you run a company like this, and there's no advertising out there, there's no paid ads, at least it's all marketing. And all the marketing is organic content marketing, which means it's totally free. It means that we're constantly putting out free value. And we're banking on the fact that you're going to consume something from us that is value driven guidance, that's totally free. And Or you heard about us from somebody else. If either of those are true, that means that you, you, something that we are just doing and being and emulating attracted you our way. And then if you listen to this kind of podcast or you get on a call with us, it means that it brought you even further in. Right. And so you have this thing inside you that's like, I'm ready for a transformation, I'm ready for a change, I'm ready to do something about this. And we're drawing you in because we're the right fit to help you do that. And you know it, but the the scary part about transformation is what typically holds people back. And the scary part is just, it's change, you know, which is always a, it's a very ironic topic to me because it's like, well, you desire change, but you fear change, right? You fear the change that you need to make in order to create the change you want, but it's very obvious that you need to change something you're doing if you want to create the change of a result that you, that you receive. Um, but that, that part is scary. I mean people fear like, is my routine going to change? Is my habits going to change? Is this going to be hard? Is this going to make me tired? Is this going to influence the way people look at me? If I fail, will people judge me? If I succeed, will people judge me? People don't even think about that. If you lose 50 pounds, you're a different person mentally, spiritually, physically, everything. And now you wonder, are the people around me going to judge me? Because like I'm on this pedestal now, even though you're not, but people will subconsciously worry about that because When you're insecure about something and you see somebody else doing what you want and what you don't have the discipline to do and what you haven't mustered up the motivation, the willpower to start and take action on, you sometimes resent those people because subconsciously it makes you feel inferior. Even if that person is glowing of positivity and wants nothing but the best of everybody and could give two fucks about what you're doing. Which always yeah. cracks me out. The, that was something I experienced a lot of when I first went through my transformation, going out with friends or going to family events. You always get that like, oh, like, don't look at what I'm eating. Or like, oh, like, I'm having a burger. And like the amount of times I'm like, hey, what you eat doesn't make me shit. I could care less what you do. Love that line. You know what I mean? If It's actually yeah. a Jay-Z line, the funny thing. But, oh, is it? Um, yeah. <laughs> but I've always said it. And it's like, if if you really talk to people who have made positive transformation in life. They don't push it on anybody and they don't care what anybody does unless the person asks for help. If you ask for help, I'm going to give yeah. it to you. Otherwise I'm not going to mention a damn thing, you know? So, mm-hmm. um, a little bit of a tangent, but I just think it's so important because I think people, um, if you're here listening, I know there's something inside of you that wants to create change. You're going to listen to these stories that we're going to be delivering on this podcast to help you create that change. And, and I'm excited for you because this might help yeah. you break through.
1: And I want to assure everyone listening to like, we're all scared. It's, it's actually when, you know, someone decides, Hey, I want to move forward with coaching and we're getting started. I always ask them, what are you scared of? I'm not like, are you like, what are you scared of? Tell me what you're scared of. Mm -hmm. And, um, I actually did a training on like different components of fear that'll like hold us back. Right. And, and that fear of success, looping back to what we were talking about earlier, sometimes that People are like, no, I want to succeed. Why would I be scared of failure? And it's not necessarily achieving it, but it's maintaining that. Mm-hmm. It's a responsibility. Right? Because no one wants to be the person that lost weight and then they gained it all back, right? And so I know there's a fear and like, what if I'm successful and maintaining that? And I hope that Cody and I, as parents, work. you know, people are working, he's a CEO, like, you know, we're both married, we have lives, friends, weddings we're in, like life, we have life and we are able to maintain this and so you will acquire the tools and the skills along the way so
0: yeah with well, all that being said go ahead real real quick too like for anybody who is a parent too like if if you can so so maintaining success is a, is a pressure being applied to you and it's a responsibility a very great responsibility but the responsibility of making sure that a little child survives and and continues to learn everything is so much greater. So if you're already doing that, pff, this will be nothing. Like that's that's it's just different. So you don't no, realize that. You know true. what I mean? So like cuz I think yeah. about that stuff now and I'm like maintaining my physique will be the easiest thing cuz I got to make sure that my family is is supported. And now the team is growing and I got to make sure that they're supported. Like those are much greater responsibilities for me. And it's not to say like if anybody's listening who doesn't have either of those things there's probably something else in your life that has placed a bigger responsibility of maintenance on you before, and you just haven't associated that yet, or realized that that pressure. You you survived and you got through that, and that's proven yourself to be able to do this too. It's just different. You're not, and you don't you don't know it yet. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah. Oh my goodness. I love it. I love that so much. So. Uh, <laughs> two little nuggets with that sometimes i'll be talking to a woman and she's like i'm a little nervous about hunger and i'm like girl you pushed a baby out like what are you (laughs) talking about that's hunger is nothing compared to that
0: no shit and then
1: the other one is like sometimes as we know toddlers they have temper tantrums Mm -hmm. and i always say it's good practice for sitting with cravings and urges right if we can sit with a temper tantrum just when i'm wanting a cookie that's not screaming and crying hell of a lot easier in that context yeah so you've helped like thousands thousands of people and based on all that we've been talking about is there any transformation you can think of that a client went through that just like it was just an incredible transformation that really like fired you up and ignited your passion you're a very passionate person Mm -hmm. and um yeah so like just give us any any anyone that stands out any which reason yeah transformation physical mental all things
0: yeah um this, the, the one that comes to mind is a woman named Terry. And so I've had a lot of, I've had some clients lose a hundred pounds. I've had clients lose 60, 70, 80 pounds. I've had people lose 10 pounds, but it's a massive transformation. I've had skinny guys gain a bunch of muscle. People uh, get their period back. People who couldn't get pregnant, get pregnant. People get off antidepressants, which wasn't my doing. I'm not, you know, medically professional, but um, I do believe a lot of the habits we were on helped them get off medication, stuff like that. So I've seen a lot of crazy transformations that have meant a lot to me. But the reason this one stands out is because I think this was the first time uh, after this, I didn't feel like there was any situation I couldn't handle. And there was a moment as an in-person trainer where a woman walked into the gym and uh, she came in and she uh, had a sit down strategy session with me. And I was chosen at random. There was multiple trainers at the gym. It just happened to be like that lead went to me and I sat down with them. They signed up for some like free trial kind of thing. Um, and she seemed very, very timid and I could tell, and she put it all out on the table, gave me her story. And I, and I feel like it's, it, I won't say her last name, but I do believe that it's okay. Cause there was a documentary that we actually shot at the gym about her later on, like a mini documentary for YouTube. Um, so it can be found online, but she came to me and she had a very, very traumatic story. She, uh, went through, she was a track athlete in high school. Um, and she ended up at a party. She, uh, was, uh, essentially, for lack of better terms, gang raped by multiple, multiple football players. And it was a very traumatic thing. caused a lot of PTSD. She was uh, beaten. um, And it started with physical abuse in the gym. So they would throw like five pound plates at her and like push the bar off her back when she was squatting and stuff like that. And so she had this extreme PTSD and fear of both physical gyms and men in general, um, as, as well as football. So she comes in and she tells me a story and, and I won't get into the lengths of her personal story before she met me, because even after that, she ended up getting into abusive marriage. Like it, it continued throughout her life. Very, very scary stuff. And I'm 20, 21, 22, like very young. And I'm just like, this, I am not built for this. This is not like, I don't know what, the, you know what I mean? Like, I'm not the person to handle this. This is like some real shit that I am not, uh, equipped for. But I listened and she told me she felt some sense of trust in me. And, and I think that goes to show like when you're very passionate about what you do and you truly have good intentions and you care a lot about other humans, people can feel it. There's an energy. And I was extremely involved in the story she was telling me. I was extremely empathetic to what she was going through, even though I, I could not even fathom it. And it's something I've, I've said to many clients over the years who have gone through situations that I have not and will not ever go through pregnancy and birth being one I will say I have zero clue what that feels like or what you went through but I can understand that you went through it and I can feel for you because of it you know and pregnancy is easier because I watched my daughter be born like I, that's easier but stuff like this it's like I'll never understand that I will never understand it but I can understand that it is extremely powerful and it has been extremely uh, impactful negatively to you so she trusted me and she told me that and she said, my goal is I need to lose weight and build some muscle, but I want to join the Seattle Women's professional football team. And I'm like, do you play football? No. I'm like, okay. And she's like, I want to do this because it's the only way that I can finally not be afraid. I can finally get over this demon is if I step on that football field and I have the right to play football. And I was like okay, let's do it. Like, I mean, I don't know anybody else who's going to be able to help you better than me. I can't promise you that I will be the person, but she trusted me and she lost 40 pounds. She built muscle. She ended up making the team and playing football um, about a year and a half later. And uh, we, I trained her multiple days a week and she would do strength conditioning classes at the gym as well. And there was moments where she would have, she would go into shock. She would have PTSD episodes and people, members of the gym would be like kind of surrounding in a circle and something was happening, obviously on that side of the gym and I would walk over and she'd be on the ground, like talking and like tripping out and I would have to put my hand on her and like try to talk to her. And it was my voice that would calm her down. Cause she knew me and we went through specific trainings to like have that relationship that she could trust me. And uh, I mean, I got goosebumps right now. It's, it's literally the, it was the most wild situation I've ever been in as a coach. And it taught me so much about humans and it taught me so much about um, the bond people can share through just energy and being in the same environment and and what you can gain just from trust, um, trusting another person to like have your back and just, just help you, you know? And, and so it, it was unbelievable. But like I said, she had a crazy physical transformation. She made the football team. She played football for a full season. Um, and then she left because she was like, I, I don't want to continue playing football. I think she played for like a season or two, but she left because she was like, I, I, I I conquered my goal, you know, and she, uh, was a writer. She was passionate about that, So She started writing again and stuff. Um, and it, it was wild when I left that gym and I gave up my clients to, to start Taylor coaching method. It was a very, very emotional time leaving. Cause she was with me for like four years straight. Like it was a, it was a, it was a hard person to separate from there. And it was hard to trust somebody else. She was hard for her to trust somebody else to coach her, but, um, extremely impactful and showed me that like, uh, there's nothing, There's nothing I can't do, you know? And I think that's just for the people listening. You you probably never go through something like that. And you may never coach somebody like that. I've never coached anybody like that ever since. And what it taught me is that even if you like all the self-doubt in the world, I mean, I had so much doubt in my head at that moment, but looking at her and seeing that she not only trusted me for some reason, but she also needed me, it allowed me to put myself into that position and put my back against the wall and make it happen because I needed to, there was no other option for her and she needed that. And I think this is where taking risks and jumping into the fire and taking action and just doing it, it just, it helps a lot. It, it can make the world of a difference for yourself, for the people around you, um, go seek help and, and do what you need to do. But, um, like I said, I, I literally have goosebumps thinking about it. It's like, gets me emotional. Cause it was just such an impactful person to work with. And she had such a crazy transformation. Um, yeah, it was, it was unbelievable. Yeah. That's
1: really cool. That's like, I mean, I have goosebumps too, just thinking about it. And I think it's a beautiful reminder. Like, yes, she had the physical transformation, but that's life transformation at that point point in the way she navigated and held herself after. So as, you know, people come in and they, they, they get over the fear, they decide to sign up with coaching. They set a goal. They, you know, they work towards accomplishing it and maybe they wrap up coaching. What do you want the people that go through go through tailored coaching method to walk
0: away with a better life you know like I think that I was on a podcast yesterday being interviewed and they asked me um like what like what my mission kind of is, like as a human just for me personally and like in in what they have a specific way of saying and like what does this mean to you and and I told them I was like one of my things I, I told myself this year and I told some people in my life that this is my goal was that no matter what room I'm in or conversation I'm having, the person walks away better. They walk away more positive, more energetic, more uh, having more self-belief, whatever it may be. And that's my goal with the people that come through the coaching program is to, to just, just leave better than they were. Like We talk to them a lot too about how, you know, you should not only get to your goal, but you should learn how you got there, why we did what we did, how it worked, what to do so that eventually you can kind of do it on your own. You know, you can, you can become your own coach someday because that's how you sustain this for life. But truthfully, if, if they fully embrace and engage themselves in the coaching process, I'm very confident that not only will they be able to stay in the result they got, but everything else in their life becomes better. And that's one of the things that really helped me continue being a coach and having the vision for Taylor Coach Method to begin with, because even with Terry, who I just talked about, we, didn't, we never actually approached it from a fat loss perspective. She did lose 40 plus pounds, but we weren't after that. And the guys that came for me, to me over the years that want fat loss and then end up getting a, a, a bonus or a raise in their career and credit it to me. And I have nothing. I have no knowledge about their industry or the people who have a better relationship because of me yet. I've never given them marital advice. It's because they had a transformation with me physically. And I do believe that the physical body is the vehicle to transform every other area of your life. It will help you mentally, physically, emotionally, spiritually. Like I don't know anybody I've never met a single person who has had a, an amazing physical transformation that doesn't say every other area of their life improved because of that physical transformation, and I'm a I, I will contest that myself as well. So I think I that, that my goal is is for people to find that, and I'm very confident that they will. Um, I just I just always hope that when people come with us, they they embrace it fully, they engage in in the process fully because that's how they end up a better person. And when I hear from them, hopefully months and months and months after they're done and they say they still got it, they're still loving life, they're still doing better. Everything's like, we won, you know, that's the goal.
1: Yeah, I love that so much. Um, I know there was a podcast that you recently um, shared and we were talking about and they said like, when you think about like this, like really um, incredible human, like this person and they're grateful and they're kind and they're successful and they're fulfilled and they like, just in all areas of life, what attributes do they have, right? They're patient. They are able to delay gratification. They put, you know, just like so many characteristics and all of those skills that skills need to be practiced in order to be acquired and to lived out, mm-hmm. they occur on your physical transformation and like it, going through a physical transformation in that manner gives you the daily opportunity to practice. Hey, I can want it and not have it. I said I was going to do it, so I'm going to do it. I'm gonna trust myself. Yeah, I want to build that belief, and it builds that character. Mm-hmm. It builds that person, and you're not gonna get any more reps in than eating the true the food you choose to eat daily and moving your body.
0: Yeah, if you think of every action that you go through, and you you actually, and this takes some awareness, and and it takes it, uh, you got to take a moment before everything you do, essentially. But if you can stop and think, does the decision I'm about to make help me get to that individual? You know, the individual we're talking about, if we, if we had to create a character in life who is just amazing and who is successful and who's everything we would want that character to be, or the best version of ourselves, I think of that all the time. What's Cody 2.0 like? Like if I were to create that version of myself, what would he do in this moment? And you can dramatically change your results and then you change your traits and then you change your habitual actions throughout life. Um, and it's just so important, you know? And then the other thing he said in that podcast that I think is just so powerful people is that whole grandfather frame. You know when I you, use it all the time. Oh my I god, love that. I love that. So like when you get older, uh, he said. A, a wise man once said. An old wise man once said that what you don't realize when you're young is that every day is the good old days, and if you think about that in every moment, I've thought about that a lot with like Blakely having a fit. I'm like, well, her fits over a little teddy bear or a cookie or something right now, but when she's 16 or 17 or 18, I don't know what it's going to be about. But this this is great. Like, this is like, I'll live with this, you know, or when I'm hungry. Well, someday I won't be able to diet someday. I won't be able to lift weight. So when I'm grinding in the gym, I'm going to be like, yep, this is dope. And the thing I got a lot from them as well is that those guys are extremely successful in business and they sit back and go, I love the days of grinding when I was stressed out. And when I was trying to figure out how to make this work and blah, blah blah." In the early days of my coaching or this and that, and you sit there and you think you're like, I mean, I'm in that position right now. Right. And I miss the days when I was hopping from coffee shop to coffee shop, trying to write blogs and start the website. Like those are the good old days. But back then I was stressing about how to make ends meet, you know, and now I'm in a position where I'm stressing about other things. And in five years, I'm going to be thinking, oh, those are the good old days. when I was grinding away in the, in the facility, you know, so it's, it's such a good frame to kind of step back and think about that before you do things or when you're going through things, I should say.
1: Yeah, no, I love it. I love that frame to be able to think like if the 80 year old version of myself could you know if the eighty version of myself, who has my best interests at heart, who no, wants nothing better for me than to have a happy, fulfilled life, would do nothing other than trade places with me today? Like, you know what? I'm gonna remember that mm-hmm. at 4 a.m. when I'm doing cardio, yeah. <laughs> and like I'm, you know, I'm in the depth of uh, my prep. I'm getting towards end, and then there are definitely days where I sit and I'm like, why am I doing this? You know, we all have those questions, and. Let me tell you, it doesn't matter if you're trying to lose five pounds, a hundred pounds. It's the first week in your journey. It's year 10. You're going to have thoughts, automatic negative thoughts. We have 70,000 a day. 85% of them are negative that are like, yeah, let me just stop now. And just having that simple reframe of, but there's going to be one day where I don't even have the choice to do it. Yeah. And it's so, so empowering. So I, I loved that one. So one thing that is a huge um, core value of ours at TCM is that we are ordinary people. (laughs) We are just, you know, parents living life, doing the best we can, navigating each moment. And our thing is, we were a group of ordinary people who came together and decided to be extraordinary, right? And we want and create an extraordinary coaching experience for everyone. So what's, you know, one, two pieces of advice or nuggets that you would share with someone who feels like I'm just an ordinary person, but they want to be extraordinary. Mm-hmm. They want to live that life. They want to, you know, be Cody 2.0. What like piece of advice would you give it, um, give them to take it to the next level?
0: Oh, um, yeah, that, I mean, that's, that's a very, uh, it's such an important principle of our company because we work with ordinary people. We all are very ordinary people. None of us are genetically gifted. None of us had a silver spoon. None of us have any like extra anything, you know, there's been no bonus, uh, bonus gifts for us to start our journeys physically, anything really. Right. Um, and I kind of had that aha moment that one day when I was like creating, like the mission statement, everything coming, I was like, God damn, we're all really just fucking average. We're really normal people. that's amazing because we've done a really cool stuff and we're achieving more and we've kind of worked through that feeling of being ordinary. There's actually a book called the dream giver and it's about a, uh, it's about a boy named average in the town of ordinary. It's a very funny thing. And like, I was reading it after I did this with you guys and I was like, Oh my God, this is just fucking crazy. But, um, he, it, it's, it's really just, it's, it's getting uncomfortable. It's taking risks. So the whole book is about that. And that's really what it comes down to. Like there, when you are very ordinary, there's more doubt than there is belief. There is more reasons why you shouldn't than why you should. There's more can'ts than can. There is more um, excuses than there is reasons, right? Like you can go back and forth, but that's just how it is. And like you said, like that's the majority of your thoughts. So it's it's acting despite the excuses and the doubt and the the, the things that come up in you, the stories that you play in your head as to why you won't be able to do something and leaning on that small chance of I can or I will in, in self-belief versus doubt. And it's not easy. It is never easy. But, you know, we're a team of individuals that has proven it ourselves. And we continue to prove it with everyday people because we work with everyday people. And, you know, every once in a while I get to work with some cr- some cool people like the WWE people and stuff like that. But even a lot of them are very normal people that just went out on a limb and started doing something, you know, like I've worked with a couple of them that are definitely genetic freaks, but outside of that, it's like, we're, we're just, I don't know, like the whole point of tailored life, tailored life, podcast, tailored life, apparel tailored like my philosophy, I was saying tailored life before any of this started. It was just like, I love everything being tailored. Cause that's what tailored coaching method is. But it was because everybody told me, no, don't, you shouldn't, you won't make it, it's not going to help you, you're not going to get money. like, And I just said, eh, whatever, I'm going to do it anyway, because this is what I feel inside. This, I'm going to lean on belief, I'm going to take the chance, I'm going to take the risk, I'm going to get uncomfortable. And I've consistently proved to myself that I, I... I I have a very unorthodox lifestyle. I have a very unorthodox business. I employ a bunch of people who decided to do the same exact thing and want to do the same thing and build a career doing the same thing. And we are consistently creating opportunities for ourselves that others can't see. And it's because we believe that there's more to life than being ordinary. There's more to life than being average or doing what we're supposed to do. And that's not about breaking rules or laws. It's just that if a rule doesn't make sense or can't, allow me to be fulfilled or happy, then it's not an actual rule. It's not a principle of life. It is a rule to make you complacent. And it is the norm amongst people who will not go chase their goals. And I call bullshit and I say, fuck that. And I think that people should push the boundaries. They should get uncomfortable and they should take risks because the worst thing that could ever happen is that you fail. But you won't be upset. I've never met anybody that takes a chance, takes a risk, gets uncomfortable, and then later on says, I really wish I wouldn't have done that. Every time they're like, I wish I would have made it, but I'm glad I tried. You know, the other people regret not trying, plain and simple, you know. And most of the time when you fail, you just learn how to do it better next time and they end up succeeding anyway. So my best advice is just take more risks. You know, you have to lean on the little bit of belief instead of all the doubt, the little bit of reason instead of all the excuses, um, and and just bank on yourself.
1: Yeah. I love that so much. Uh, Well, thank you for being our very first guest on the Taylor Transformation podcast. Um, I hope everyone enjoyed listening. I hope everyone has an extraordinary day. Um, There will be um, links in the description. If you want to reach out or connect to any of us uh, for coaching, that is all free to go ahead and apply and just hop on the phone and see if we're a good fit on how you can, you know, go from ordinary to extraordinary. So Um, Thanks again, Cody, and I hope everyone has a great day.